you know, your real friends are there to convict you and help you. But then these other people are trying to figure you out or talk about you, but not talk to you. A person's isolation period or a person's inner work period is for them alone. It's not for them to explain to you. You're either going to support them and love them or you need to leave them alone. This is Grow To Be Free, a self-development podcast that helps ambitious ladies pursue their dreams while finding peace, happiness, and maintaining a thriving mental health. My name is Kiani and I burnt myself out at age 22. I didn't know my purpose. I hated my job. I thought money was the answer to all my problems and girl was I sad. I fought through anxiety and depression by working on myself non-stop. Now I can honestly say that I am happy, I find peace every single day, and I'm on a journey to discover my best life. Join me as I sit with other ambitious gals who have learned to unlock this new level of life. Think of us as the girlfriends that actually grow with you. We'll share all the tangible tips to help you transform your mindset, mental health, relationships, faith, and finances. Plug in your headphones, get ready to jot down some notes, and let yourself be inspired. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Grow to Be Free podcast. I'm so excited today because I have a very special person here to share with you. Her name is Morgan Richard Olivier, and she is an author, advocate, wife, and speaker. Her work supports conversations that are needed to stop stigmas and support healing, self-acceptance, and personal growth. Morgan's goal is to crush the image of, and pursuit of perfection by captivating the raw beauty of sincere progress. Her first book, Questions Christ, in the quarter life crisis is one that I have personally read and can attest to its significance in getting me through my own quarter life crisis. Her latest book, Blooming Bear, is one collection of poetry, prose, and captures revelations, reflections, and raw conversations with one's oneself. And today we are going to be talking about how to not let other people's opinions affect you and your self worth. And so I am just so excited to introduce you, Miss Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. I've been excited about this podcast for a while, actually, um, because of what you speak about. I think it's so important that other women out here can have these conversations about mental health, personal growth, self-esteem and things of that nature. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So I know you guys can probably read these books and get deep into uh, Morgan's story, but I wanted to have her go ahead and share a little bit about her story with um, going through depression and kind of the things that you were going through, Morgan, at the time and, and what led you to really write your first book. Yeah, well, the book takes place when I was 25 years old and it actually opens up with me. I think chapter one, I'm sitting in my tub, crying, sweating, trying to figure out what is going on with my life. And the thing is, there's so many of us that we on social media look like goals. We're living our best lives. We're checking things off of our to-do list. For all points and purposes, everything that we're doing is aligning with what we've been working for. But there's something missing. Like something doesn't feel right. And for me, when I got to this season, it's like I had everything, honestly, that I wanted. But I was dealing with a lot of emptiness, a lot of numbness, not really understanding where I fit. And I guess the best way I explain it to people, it's like, you know, you go through life showing up as your, you know, as who people want you to be or as you want to be seen. And then you reach this point where 
you don't even know who you are anymore. You don't even know what your hobbies are. You don't know, you know, where you want to go. If, if the career you have is the career you want, if the people around you are really your friends or if they're just people you're accustomed to being around. And it goes from focusing on appearance to having all of these internal questions and internal struggles. And 25 years old, you have the world at your fingertips. You can make any choice that you want, but that's also a time where it's like, someone just tell me what to do. Tell me which way to go. Right. And that's really what led me down that little rabbit hole, I guess you can say. Yeah. Wow. You capture that so perfectly. It's a double-edged sword mm -hmm. at that time yeah. where you feel like everything is at your fingertips, but at the same time, that's kind of the problem in a way sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I relate to this a lot because at the last year I turned 25 and I felt the exact same way. Like just so many questions of is my life really where it should be right now? And am I doing the right thing? Right. You know, I have all these decisions, all these choices that I need to make, but mm -hmm. how do I actually get to, to making them? And I think what really sticks out for a lot of people these days is, is kind of their relationships because that ultimately influences the de decisions that we make in our lives. Mm -hmm. So for you, um, with your friends and, and the questions that you had around your friends, mm -hmm. where did you see that there were gaps in your relationships with your friends? And how did you start to first recognize that and start to change that for the better? Well, for me, I went into... I guess you can say a completely reclusive state. And before that, I feel like, because I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't really understand about depression or high functioning depression is that you can be in someone's face. Like we can be talking right now. And then if I get off of here and I go cry in the shower or I, I sob for days or I don't bathe or I don't wash my dishes or clean my clothes, people don't see that. And that's where I was. And mind you, like I have friends, but I, I'm also married. So there were a lot of things that my husband can see and me and my husband, I mean, cause honestly, when you have a testimony and you're married or you have a, a partner, your testimony honestly goes to coincide with theirs because you experience a lot together. Um, but for us, when I first started showing like really strong signs of it, I'd never gone to that level of depression before. So it's not mm -hmm. like anybody really knew what to do. I didn't know what to do. And certain mm -hmm. friends, you know, when, when I got into that place of where I just couldn't even function, I couldn't even be around people because you have to think like you're, you're most weak, you're most vulnerable, you're most emotional. Um, my true friends were there, you know, checking on me, calling, you know, truly being concerned about my safety and my well-being. But then you also see the people too that miss being able to call on you when they need. You, you see the people that they see your silence and though they can't misquote it, they misinterpret it and they make their own story about it or they get a piece of this problem and then they try to create something else. And that's, I went through a lot of that. You know, if you read my book, I found myself in certain mental, spiritual, physical places that was very off for me, you know, in situations that I never would have found myself in. And as I'm dealing with them, you know, your real friends are there to convict you and help you. But then these other people are trying to figure you out or talk about you, but not talk to you. And that's a huge mm -hmm. thing that a lot of people deal with, whether it's friendships or, you know, 
in the workplace or even in relationships, people don't understand that a person's isolation period or a person's inner work period is for them alone. It's not for them to explain to you. You're either going to support them and love them or you need to leave them alone. So mm-hmm. I saw a lot of who my people were and who my people were not. And that came from, you know, like we kind of talked about that kind of finding who you are. And because I had spiritual, you know, I talk about wise counsel all the time because I got into this place that I had spiritual wise counsel, a pastor, I had legal wise counsel. I had professional mental wise counsel. I was still, so I said nothing. And I sat back and I watched people be there for me. I watched people say what they want to say, do what they want to do. And I said nothing. And it opened my eyes and it broke my heart, but it really led me on this journey of writing more because I couldn't react. All I could do was reflect. And that's where the books Mm -hmm. really came from. It's just saying like, you know, let me get this out. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. It's not for me to correct anyone else. This is a time for me to correct myself. And this is my testimony. So that's really where a lot of that was going. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And did you have any friends that you thought previously were close to you, but actually turned out to be some of those who didn't quite understand? Right, right. And, you know, I think that's the hard thing for a lot of this. And I look at life and everything has a, a beginning and an ending, right? So just like food has expiration dates, so do friendships. So does loyalty. And the problem comes when other people's loyalty or friendship expires before our love for them expires, before our loyalty for them expires. So you can be sitting here and you expect for them to come to you or be there for you or see you through as you would do for them. But it's expired now. You know, so that's the thing that a lot of people and whether it's in depression or in your self-work, because that's where, you know, you really see a lot when you stop making excuses for yourself and you're diving into your mental health and your spiritual health and your life and your mindset, you realize like, if I would not accept this from me, I can't accept this from other people. I can't accept this behavior or this lack of reciprocation because I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like you had to learn how to treat yourself first before you had to, before you were able to recognize in other people if they were treating you right? For sure. Because a lot of us that are people pleasers or perfectionists also have issues with fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of failure. So we overcompensate a lot. So in doing a lot of that self-work, I saw that in myself and I realized I can't just be around people that accept me. I need to be around people that align with me. I need to be around people that love me and see me and convict me and protect me. You can't just let anybody in your life. And that's one of the things I really feel God had to show me. Like, look, I'm going to work on you, but I'm not going to change all these things in your life because I'm trying to change you. And I'm trying to help you change the way you position people, the way you work and operate and think. So that was Mm -hmm. definitely a time for me to learn. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, you, you talk about taking the blindfold off mm-hmm. of how you took the blindfold off and you were able to see who those true friends were. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned something about 
being able to distinguish between healthy loyalty and foolishness. Mm -hmm. How did you learn to distinguish those two things, um, either within yourself or amongst other people? Yeah, well, I have to see it in myself first, because, mm. you know, and that's the thing, I've never been a bad person. But when you do any type of self work, you, you see yourself, you see your flaws, you see your maturity, you see your toxic ways and thinking. And, you know, I had to look at that in myself and say, no, Morgan, this is not right. This is, you need to fix this, or you need to quit making excuses for these behaviors within you because no, you're not just like that. That's a problem. You know, you need to work on it. So when it came to other people, you know, a lot of times people will use phrases like, oh, you know, that's, that's my day one, or that's my family, or these people, you know, you go way back with them. But at the same mm -hmm. time, there's a significant difference between loyalty and stagnancy. And people don't see that. You have people that are doing literal inner work, going to therapy, trying to grow professionally or personally or spiritually, and you're putting all this work in, and then you really expect for everything to be the same if you're around people that aren't putting any work. It's, it's not a thing mm -hmm. of not being loyal to them, but you have to be loyal to yourself. You can't stay in environments that you've outgrown. I mean, there are clothes I don't even wear anymore, music I don't listen to anymore, conversations that I don't entertain, not because I forgot where I came from, not because I'm too good for it or because I'm judging people, but because I had to outgrow that within myself. And I have to be loyal to the person that I am and the person that I'm becoming. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think that's so hard. It's so hard to like because I've always gone through this too, uh, and I didn't really realize this is what was happening, but I'd, I'd focused so much on growing myself that I would very quickly outgrow my friends. Mm -hmm. And so I have, I don't know, you, I guess you could call it like a graveyard of friendships <laughs> where I just, these people, yeah, you just don't, you don't, you don't relate to them anymore and you don't see them anymore and you, you almost kind of feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know I have fallen into this trap. So maybe other people have too, of like thinking like, dang, well, maybe I'm just like not a good friend. If like, I always have to like find new friends or yeah. something like that. Um, I mean, I do have some that are like, you know, can, I can always rely on every once in a while, but I mean, I guess what advice would you give to people who kind of find themselves in those situations where they, you can't really find a group of friends that will like stick around or um, either because it, it's, it's actually probably mostly because of me, but, <laughs> but what advice would you give? Well, you have to remind yourself, like what you're saying, it's not that you're losing friends because you're being ugly to them, like you're lashed. Because a lot of people, when they go through friends, it's like they use that friend and when they're no longer used, they discard them. But you're not doing this out of way of using. You're doing this out of way of evolving, which is very different. So you almost have to look at it as like you're not on bad terms with all these people, but those people may have been compatible to a version of you that you've outgrown. They're not suitable for you now or where you want to go. So it's not that you've necessarily lost them, but you have to reposition them. So instead of them being backstage with you in your life, they might need stadium seats. You know, they might need some distance. And I think that's something that I had mm -hmm. to learn was there are levels mm -hmm. to this. You know, not everyone mm -hmm. gets full access of Morgan. Not everyone gets that same level of loyalty, love, respect that my closest people do. And it's not that I don't love people. It's not that I'm not kind to them. But I've learned how to allocate my energy, how to allocate my loyalty. Because at one time, it was mm -hmm. just 
I was very, I think, naive. And it was a double, it was weird because I have wisdom in some areas and intelligence in some areas, but then other areas, it was very, very, as they say, green because I wasn't exposed to certain Mm. things or certain situations. I didn't know how to handle them. So if people were nice to me or people like, oh, we're friends. Well, okay, great. We're friends. You know, or people, I was really on titles and, you know, I had a conversation with my husband about that literally today, how people get so hung up on titles, but they don't focus on the meaning behind them. Like for you, you might have someone in your life that calls you their sister or their bestie. And these people, if something's wrong, they are the very last person you're going to tell. You can't trust them. So are they really your mm-hmm. bestie or are you their friends? And it's not reciprocate. You know, you have to know where people are supposed to be placed. And it's not because you don't value them, but everyone has a different yeah. responsibility. And when you don't mm-hmm. get those correct, that's where a lot of disorder comes from. Yeah. How have you been able to to test that? Like I, I could imagine you would like say if you meet a new person and you you like this person, you know, you guys kind of have a vibe. Mm-hmm. How do you go about processing them into one category or the other and and how long does that take and you know I know there's probably levels of trust to that but you know how how have you been able to do that in your your life either with people you know or new people well I always say like I don't look for friends like someone I actually got a question someone that's an interview and they're like how do you find friends I'm like well I don't find them like I'm not in the market for friends um (laughs) I'm aligned with friends. Like I will be in alignment with people. And that's how, you know, you know, sometimes we'll go places and they're like, oh, well, this person's friends with this one. They're mutual. We can all be buddies. Like, no. And I know I I say God, but it's really everything is God, but he'll align me with people that, I mean, there are people literally at my gym that different ages, different walks of life, but we have aligned and we'll have conversations that couldn't have with just anyone off the street type deals or, you know, there are so many people over the years that around the world, honestly, that I've created bonds with because I was aligned with them. And I learn by what I let people show me. I don't, I don't make things for people anymore. Like I used to be a person that's like, I could see this in them. So maybe I can give them this position in my life or maybe, you know, Mm-hmm. I can trust them. And I'm like, no, I, I'm big. Like I said, on like the be still thing. Like I retract, I let people show mm-hmm. me who they are. I let them mm-hmm. see if I can trust them by what they say. If they talk about other people that tells me right there, I don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't trust you. But if you're in a place where you're a humble person or you're a person that's pursuing growth and healing and understanding, well, the conversation is naturally going to align because it's like that similar wavelength. So I guess my advice is to find is to not find, but to align. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And I love the the example that you gave too of, you know, just letting them show themselves. And if if you hear that they're talking badly about other people, they're probably talking yeah. badly about you too. Yeah. Or they would, you know. Right. It's it's always say yes. Yeah. You know, people look at people mm-hmm. and they're like, Yeah, I know this person has funny ways or I know these people gossip, but they don't do that with me. And it's like, no, you're forgetting the word yet. Like people mm-hmm. show you who they are. I mean, we, we, I'm sure you've seen things in yourself and you're like, oh, I need to work on that because you've revealed it in yourself. If you give yeah. people a second, they'll show you exactly who they are. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if there's anybody out there who is looking to find friends mm -hmm. in, in that way, I respect that. Um, you know, that's something that you need to work on putting out there yourself because the chances are people are looking at you and evaluating you if you're a, a friend that they would want to be with. So you have to show people who you are too and, and be able to show those qualities of yourself that are um, authentic to you but are also positive. And if you don't have any positive qualities and you know this, then then that's why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> you're getting work. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, that's fine. I mean, we've all started somewhere. I mean, honestly, I've started in a place where I was just no good at all. So, but that's where, there. We, we um, that's where we do it. You know, when we see that, like, look, something's not right, or I'm not feeling right. People seldom work on themselves when, when they wake up every morning and things are great. It's usually something has to get your attention. So, and that's exactly. A yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And, and you, you have a, this quote. Uh, I love it. I'm not going to quote it exactly, but I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> is when, um, is uh, if, if it doesn't fit into your peace, profits, or purpose, mm -hmm. like, don't mess around with it. That's yeah. not what the quote is, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yes, if it yeah, doesn't so, peace, profits, or purpose, then, then don't give it your time, energy, or attention. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was wondering, like, for you, where where do people fit into that? Because I know you have people who are close with you and, and people who you do consider closely. Mm -hmm. um, like, how, how do you kind of negotiate people into that uh, that way of life? Yeah. Well, when I that quote is actually um, something that I tell myself is for mindset. So, like, as a person that will struggle with anxiety or can get, like, what if situations or just get stuck and distracted. That was something I used to tell myself, like, look, if it doesn't bring peace, profit or purpose, don't focus on it. Like don't give it all your time. And mind you, that's not the only thing because my, when you put something on social media, people would literally rip everything apart. And they're like, Oh, this girl's just focusing on profit. It's like, no guys, the, the whole point is if it doesn't yield a positive response, don't give it your time, energy and attention essentially. So the same thing goes with friendships. So if there are people in your life that don't give anything, that constantly take, and they love the love that you give, but they have no intention or ability to give that love back, or they don't want to see you grow, or they don't support you, or they expect you to stay at a level that they're at, maybe you should give them less time, energy, and attention, because that, again is not in alignment with your mindset in your life. You can love people, you can be there for people, but you have to know when you should keep people close and then when some people should be at a distance because you know they say like one bad apple ruins the bunch. The very same thing, like you can't have a renewed mind and a mind that you're working on healing and growing and then you have someone that loves stagnancy that loves excuses, that, that loves to keep things exactly as they are. Like if your friends don't want to grow and heal and prosper, which I don't know why anyone wouldn't, but there's a lot of people like that. Then yeah. yeah, you might want to reconsider how much energy that you're giving this person because it comes back to you. 
For the last four years, I personally have been using journaling as a healing practice and it's literally transformed my life. It's one of the key ways I've been able to work through my anxiety, get myself out of depression, and really begin to thrive in life. If you're looking to get into journaling or you are in need of a new one, the Ambitious Peace journals are now available on Amazon. For those of you who don't know, these are super cute aesthetic journals with a different encouraging, motivational, and insightful quote on every single page. They're small enough to fit in a purse, they're college ruled, and have 150 pages of space to free write, jot down your life plan, or to process those really tough thoughts and emotions. If you have been watching this on YouTube or Spotify, you'll be able to see what they look like, but I will describe them for everybody, so don't worry. One is this monochromatic chocolate wave design. The second one is another monochromatic look, but it's like a pink, light pink painting on canvas. And the last one is a light blue, white, square, geometric pattern that is very satisfying to the eye. My favorite one happens to be the chocolate one, but I'm looking forward to hearing which one is your favorite. So let me know in the comments or in your reviews. Again, you can find these on Amazon. I will link the Amazon link in the description of this show. And without further ado, let's get back to the episode. Mm -hmm. That is so true. So... Another thing on this, what if somebody is in the position where they recognize, oh, my friends are not quite fitting into those boxes. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not yielding a positive response. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does one go about pulling themselves away? Like, say, if that other friend is like mm-hmm. inviting them to things, or you know, wants to hang out, or needs support. Like, how would somebody start to put that distance, but in like a respectful way well in full transparency like when I look back because you know how we can we can say like man I did this and I wish I could have done this a little differently there are some people Mm -hmm. that I look at and like I did that properly and then other people that I'm like I'm done because depending on where I was in my life to be honest with you like depending if I was in intense therapy and I'm struggling and I'm trying to balance everything else out in my life and you're being silly or you're being petty or you're being manipulative I'm not even going to talk to you about it. I'm done with you. And that sounds horrible. But I did that to a lot of people because I just, I couldn't deal anymore. Like I'm a person where if it's something, if it's a conversation about us and we can talk about it, that's fine. But I was never a person that, I take that back. I once was a person that felt the need to explain myself to everyone, that felt the need to, you know, have us sit down and do all this stuff. But then when I got to that stage, I realized I'm not doing this. I'm not, if people want to be in my life, let them be. But if people show me with their actions and words that they don't appreciate the place that I have in their life, then I don't want it. And it sounds cold, but you know, one of the things I'm working on now, like I'm trying to, I'm not going to quote it exactly. I write a lot of words, as you'd imagine, but I'm saying along the lines of people that consistently and consciously hurt you do not deserve more um, chances. They deserve less access. And I had to get to a season of my life where I'm like, some folks, I'll talk to you and I'll try, you know, I'll communicate with you and let you know this is not acceptable or this is not working. And then other people, I'm like, no. There's nothing to say. Like you said enough. 
and I'm good. So it all depends on where you are in your journey because you can't sit down and, and sit with everybody. Some things, like I said, are for you to see, for you to correct placement and keep it going. Because if you call yourself explaining yourself to everyone, there's going to be a lot of time. Like that's going to be a lot of time that you could be wasting on people that have no desire to receive the message that you're trying to convey. So I guess it's the discernment of knowing when to communicate and when to release. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It also kind of depends on the relationship you have with that person. Like if you haven't really known this person for that long or Mm -hmm. you don't have a deep friendship, you probably don't need to spend as much time explaining, or you probably don't even need to spend any time really on that person. But Mm -hmm. if it's somebody who you talk to on a very regular basis Mm -hmm. and who would be like, Hey, yo, what's up? Like, what's going on? Yeah. It all depends. It all depends. And when you're Mm -hmm. in the situation, that's when you can have a better, um, you know, assessment of it. But I always say that with the things I write, you know, some people will read and they're like, this is great advice. And then another person is like, that's horrible. Well, that might be horrible for your situation. And you're not wrong. I don't know what it is. But, you know, all I can write about and really express is my experiences, my Mm -hmm. failures and successes and lessons, and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important to know. And and not just for your writing, but like anything that you see, like Mm -hmm. most people write out of their own experience Mm -hmm. and, and that's appropriate. I think there's a hundred percent, a great, great amount of knowledge that you can learn from somebody else's experience, but you also have to throw the filter on of your own life and what's really going on in your life. And that takes some self-awareness too. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that well, that, this is very helpful, and I can imagine too during this this process that you've experienced of kind of shedding people in and out of your life for good reasons yeah. that there may have been some people who had their opinions or thoughts on either what you were doing or where you're at in life or where you're going that may not have been super nice. Could could you maybe explain a little bit about? how that happened for you and, and how you got through it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, recently I had a conversation with someone, um, cause they were saying, you know, I know you've struggled in this area in your life and, um, you know, they're just talking to me and, and as they are saying it, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if you really know, like, do you really know? Or is that something you think, or you heard? Because when it comes down to self-confidence, especially in women, a lot of us get hung up on things that have been said to us or about us that aren't true or are exaggerated or are inaccurate or are expired. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that conversation, it's like that flesh part of me, it's, it almost it triggered me because as much mm-hmm. as I appreciated the conversation I was having with the person, I really did think, I wonder if they know the truth of my life and my experience or if they're going off of other people or thoughts or opinions, because that's the thing, you know, you live a life people can see. And how old are you? You said 25, 26, Mm -hmm. 25. Right. So people will, you have people that know you, you have people that see you and then you have people that see you, but think they know you type deal. Like it's levels to Mm -hmm. it. So for me, I, again, like everyone, I I put a lot of things out there 
but people, it's, it's just normal for people to want to piece things together or piece you together that may not be your creation, that may not be, you know, your life and your reality. And accepting that is, is one of those things where you have to tell yourself, you know who you are. You know who you're not. You know your experiences. You know everything you've done and didn't do. You know everything you've said and didn't say. And, um, you know, seeing that in people, and I forgot the question because I'm going so far in a circle. Um, but accepting about it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going somewhere. But I say that because I think for a lot of us, it's so easy to put opinions on pedestals when they are the lowest forms of intelligence. When you know... Mm-hmm who you are and you know your experiences and you know your thoughts and you really sit there at night and you're concerned about other people's opinions, which do nothing for you. They pay no bills. Mm -hmm. They have nothing to do with your faith, your walk, your maturity, nothing. Mm -hmm. They're just there. And we distract ourselves with opinions instead of putting energy within us. So again, I completely forgot the question. (laughs) What was the question? too. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot the question too. I think you answered it though. Yeah, we'll see it in the playback. But I, I guess I say that because um, that's such a big thing, especially that like I'm writing on and expectation and understanding placement and just everything in life has its place, whether good, bad, you know, it has its place in your life for a reason. Every person has their place in your life mm-hmm. for so as long as you know who you are and where you're going and what you stand for, you stand on that. But if people can't mm. see you, accept you, or really know you, it's not your business or your concern. Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. And yeah, so the question actually was, you know, how did you get through those times where people were throwing yeah. opinions at you? And and you did answer it. I, um, I think I took the scenic route, but I answered it. You did. Yeah, no, but it was a beautiful scenic route. It was gorgeous. <laughs> no regrets. Um, I think my question is sometimes, like, I know this, like, I feel like a lot of people like know these things of like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, their opinion doesn't matter. You know, they've heard this so many times, right. but it kind of needs to go like from your head to your heart, I think, because I know for me, like when somebody has their opinion and I know what their opinion is not true at all, because I know myself, That's it. it's like, I know that, but it still hurts. Yeah. Like, it still like gives me pain inside and I have to like deal with the pain, which makes me feel like I'm dwelling on it. But like, in your opinion, do you feel like you need to go through a pain healing process when when people say something that's not true about you? Yeah, it is. It's extremely painful. And I think too, it's understanding. It's not always what's said or believed. It's who says it and who believes it, you know, because that'll add a level of pain. And I say that like for me, like I post things all the time and some people, they love it. Then you have some people that are just like, some people are really rude out there. But I look at it as, if I don't value your advice, I don't really value your criticism. If I don't know your hearts and you don't know mine, why am I taking it to heart? But that pain that you're referencing, it is so real. And I would be lying to you if I said that people haven't said things or thought things that were incorrect and like it didn't hurt me because those things broke my heart completely. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend that it was like, oh, 
but it's not true. It's okay. No, what made them even worse was that I never addressed them because I was in seasons where I was not supposed to address them. And mind you, looking back, that's the best thing I could have ever done. But there's these things called unaddressed offenses. And when you don't address offenses, it does leave room in your heart and your life for unforgiveness and bitterness and anger because your flesh wants to put people in their place. Your flesh wants to say, no, this isn't right. This isn't true. But the overall good for you is really to remain silent. And that's why a lot of the things that I write about, you know, I, I talk about being still. I talk about my silence speaking volumes because I'm, you can be silent because it's in your best interest, but you can be silent because you are so hurt that there's literally nothing to say. And I've experienced both. So you have to feel that pain and also, you know, understanding that someone's saying something about you that isn't true. If you don't say something to them and you're trying to forgive them, you also have to understand that your, your heart and your mind have to balance at some point. They're not the same. So like spiritually, I can say, I really want to forgive this person. I really want to forgive this situation. And I can truly 150% want to forgive, but my mind is still conditioned to being hurt. My mind is still conditioned when certain things are said, it triggers me and it's like, I want to slap you. You know, I'm not saying that now, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like it is, and I would not do that to people. But the whole example that I'm trying to, to convey is that, Sometimes your head and your heart are on two different wavelengths. So it takes you time to, to say, you know, like, I, I forgive you spiritually, but it's going to take me a minute. I'm going to have to forgive you a couple of times. I might have to forgive you a hundred times before I truly feel it. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. they forgive and then they feel hard. Like you're saying dwelling. You said earlier, it's like, am I dwelling on this? Because I, I thought I forgave and, and I'm thinking about it and I'm offended and I'm hurt. Yeah. And because it it hurts you, it's still a real experience that you had, but it's giving yourself that time and understanding those two things need to align before you can truly walk forward. That's so good. Yeah. I feel like that is almost in contradiction with the saying forgive and forget Mm -hmm. because you can forgive somebody one time Mm -hmm. and then you say, okay, well now I'll forget it. And then when you remember it the next time you're like frustrated because you're like, I thought I forgave them. I should have forgot it. And then, Mm -hmm. and then now you're going down this rabbit hole of like, like, why haven't I like, like, why am I still feeling this way? Clearly like I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm a bad person for that or something. So I love that you said that you have to do it like multiple times in order to really feel it. Yeah. And you do that. And again, like that doesn't make us bad people, but I mean, you have to do that for other people and yourself because there are things in life that I've had to forgive myself for choices that I made, things that I said, situations I put myself in, you know, and as much as you can be mad at some people, You know, I had this on a previous interview. They were talking about like people with lies and rumors and stuff. And I was like, you know what? But if we humble ourselves and really look at life, there are times I have to say, Morgan, what these people are saying is not true. What these people are saying is inaccurate, is exaggerated, completely false. But had I not entertained that conversation, had I not entertained that person, had I not entertained that environment, there would be nothing to be said. So as much as I'm angry or mad at them and need to forgive them, I had that anger and, and, you know, Matt, you know, anger and unforgiveness with me because I had to look at my part in it too. 
So it's mm-hmm. something for us to see full circle that we have to forgive other people and ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you said, you, you have gone through these, these things that either people have wronged you or you have wronged other people, but it was all necessary to get you to where you are today. Yeah. Like, cause if none of that stuff happened to you, you wouldn't have all these books. No, I wouldn't. And, and wouldn't be able to say, because I think that's the thing, like healing is a, is a hard thing. So to heal, and then I tell people, you have to heal and then you have to humble yourself. I mean, you read my book. You've Mm -hmm. read it from start Mm -hmm. to finish. I always tell people, I'm like, please (laughs) read it through. (laughs) Because if you don't, you're just going to sit there and be like, this girl is a hot mess. But I had to say, (laughs) I had to say my wrongs. I had to say my insecurities. I had to say like my thoughts. Because again, I've hurt people knowingly and unknowingly in my life. And if I would pretend that did not happen, then I'd be lying to you. Nothing I would be saying would mean anything. Like you have to know where it comes from. Psst. Are you enjoying this episode as much as I am? Girl, I hope so. If you're getting anything positive from this podcast, I would love it if you left a review and shared it with a friend you feel like needs to hear it. I know you hear this a lot, but this is really the only way other people can benefit and grow from this information as well. If you listen to this podcast, I'm assuming you have a desire for the world to be in a better place. And what better way to do that than by spreading awareness of self-development to help each person grow and be better a little more each day. And you might be asking, well, what's in it for you? Well, I'll shout you out on a future episode if you leave a review. Plus, at that point, we're pretty much friends. And the best part, it's completely free. So thank you so much for being a listener of Grow To Be Free. It really means the world to me. And now, back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and and your books really do hit on that full journey. I think that that's something that not a lot of books really touch on or they touch on in a different way. Like they, they do like bits and pieces here and there, but like your books kind of take you through a journey of – hey, this is where I was at this time. And these are all the the feelings that I had. And I felt like that was like super relatable because no matter where you are, if you're going through a quarter life crisis or if you're just dealing with a lot of depression or anxiety in your life, you can relate to things in these books. And then you also get to get taken through the journey as as Morgan you write it in your own story so I I would love for you to talk about your new book that's coming out pretty soon here and I'm so excited it's coming out in March which should be pretty soon after this episode comes out so tell us about it so it's called the tears that taught me and it's essentially like this is gonna be like the trilogy I guess you can say because Questions Christ in the Quarter Life Crisis, Blooming Bear, and The Tears That Taught Me, they really go together because the thought processes and the emotions and the lessons came from a lot of those intertwined situations and and experiences and emotions that I had. And it really dives into, you know, me looking at myself and the people around me. You know, Blooming Bear, I feel like It was just me focusing in on me more than anything else and like coming to terms with like my thoughts and my insecurities and and my issues. And the tears that taught me really takes it out to understanding, like I said, positioning and people in life. 
and truths and lies and joys and pains and, you know, how God is aligned with all of this. It has a lot more, I feel, spiritual content than um, Blooming Bear, because when you're going through that, just the conversations that we're saying, it tro- you're, you're being tried a lot. You're being hurt a lot because, and again, and being still and you're sitting and you're seeing, you're going to see a lot of things that break your heart, a lot of things that shock you, a lot of things that you may not have expected. And, you know, just really diving into that and, and seeing that, that pain, even the things that, like I, I said, something along the lines of like, with each tear that crossed my face, uh, the person I once was washed away, that naive person, that overly emotional, over-trusting person died, essentially, you know, and all of us, a piece of us all, you know, evolves. But that person died because I had to grow up. I had to mature. I had to see myself in the world around me for what it really was, not this social media fictitious land that I created or I thought existed. So it definitely goes out more. And I think it'll help people that are listening to this type of conversation and seeing the place that they have in other people's lives, the place that other people should have in their lives and, and find peace and understanding that this is natural. This is a normal thing. I know social media tries to make us focus on squad goals and having these huge group pictures and having all these people in our lives. But when you get to this point of healing, you realize you're not looking for quantity. You're looking for quality and alignment and true love and loyalty and everything else kind of has to go. Yeah. Amen to that. That is so cute. I'm really excited to read that book and this is just so good. I'm really glad that you touched on how social media really affects our reality and how we think about relationships. Um, It's interesting you brought up the point about the the big, big group pictures and all that. I think in some way or another, girls have aspired to have that or to have like the perfect relationship that gets like showcased on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, that's not what actually matters. What really matters are like the deep conversations and the deep um, connections that you make with others that really help you to grow and become better as a person. And and you don't always get that from like those big Mm -hmm. groups or like those nice pictures and all. So thanks for touching on that. Yeah. And you know, like you're saying with relationships, you know, I was telling my husband, I really want to do more conversations with that, you know, for people, me and my husband have been together since I was 16. So this year it's going to make 14 years we've been together and married. It's going to be eight years. And I always try to write and, and talk about things again, like I wish were talked about to me or that were available to me. And I love my husband. Like I'm very happily married, but I, I want to talk about things with people that you really go to 14 years is a long time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, congrats. yeah. Thank you. Um, but I really want to touch on that with people and understanding like, look, no relationship, whether it's a friendship, it's a marriage, it's a boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. None of them are perfect. There are always humans involved. There will be trials. There will be tests. There will be hard times. There will be growth. And you're going to grow at different times and in different ways. And we have to understand that and accept that. If we want to truly be happy, not just look happy, again, in photos. If you want to have peace and balance in your life, 
your relationships and friendships have to have peace and balance and understanding. And I really want to do more work with that, you know, to help people Mm. see that. Yeah. So is your next book going to cover your marriage a little bit and well, that romantic relationship side? Well, this one, like the tears that taught me, not so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, in a sense, because like I said, like everything you go through when you're married is like part of your spouse's testimony. So a lot of the lessons that I talk about, um, of course, like involve Rusty, but he's very opposite. Like we always laugh about it because I'm a person that's very empathetic and I will take things to a deep level and, and Rusty's like, mm-mm. Nope, not doing that. Or, you know, like he's very straight to the point, but it's really good because you need that logical person that's not going to get wrapped up. Or like he'll tell me, it's like, Morgan, what you need? And that's, it, it's helped me a lot. It's like, look, you can expect for a person to show up as they've always shown you. Like, that's your problem. Like, you have to tell me that one time, you know, even in working on myself, you know, we've worked on each other, you know, we've worked on our marriage, you know, when I say each other, like we've grown as individuals and as a couple, but even in that, it's like, he'll tell me one of the things, because we've been together again, I was a junior. One of my issues was always like, but I see this in people, like you are not Miss Cleo. You do not see this. Like you want this for people. You need to take people as they are, and then keep it moving. Quit expecting, you know, loyalty or love from people that show you that they don't want to give it to you. You know, it's like I said, it's like if someone shows you that they can't be trusted over and over, quit looking for it like they've shown you. So it's good to have people in your corner, whether it's your spouse or your best friend or your family member that that accepts you for who you are and how you think, but also can interrupt you and say, no, the person who's making you suffer is you because you're not accepting what you see. So mm. oh, I love that. I love those relationships that just like challenge each other, but mm-hmm. in love. I think yeah. that's that's amazing. And that's cool that your your husband is kind of like on that other side of the spectrum. I can kind of see now that you've described kind of how oh, he no. is. Oh, yeah. He's- I can see him. Yeah, I can see him in your writing and how you speak, like in small yeah. ways here and oh. there. So- yeah, he's he's a he's famous really like Morgan, it's not that deep. Nope, not doing this. Or I can't even say what he typically says because it's not appropriate. But if I say something or I'm going through it, like he'll say these two words that I can't say, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, and that's just it. But we again, like we've had different upbringings, we've had different things in life. Rusty has had a life that's like survive. And I always had this life again, where I said like very naive learning things. So you have street smarts and, and book smarts that, that come together. So we balance, but he'll help me. It's like, look, it's not that deep. You need to let this go. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I think that's what, what God really intended with marriages is for, mm-hmm. for them to balance each other out because mm-hmm. everybody's made in their own authentic way. And, you know, you have a very empathetic and very like deep personality, but you need somebody that can also like counteract that. And you, you do that probably for him too. Mm -hmm. So now you guys are both like, like just stronger as it is. And I just, I I love that about romantic relationships and and even with friendships too. I feel like, I feel like it's also key to look at your friendships in the same way of like, Mm maybe they're not the exact opposite of you or not exactly like that, but you know, is that person challenging you? Is that person actually 
helping you grow in some way or are you learning something from them? I think that's also key for relationships. For sure. And knowing what balance is, because I mean, I used to have friendships and relationships, you know, not relationships, friendships through life. And, you know, they could be completely different and people would be like, oh, you know, you're so different than your friend, but it balances. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Like balancing it out is when you have core beliefs you, you want the same things, but your personalities, like one might be an introvert, one might be an extrovert and it balances. But when you have a friend that is completely opposite, has like looks at life and, and goals and faith in a way that you don't, that doesn't always balance out. Sometimes yeah. it's just, again, not aligned. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a difference between differences in personality and differences in core beliefs and yeah. values. Yeah. yeah. You're right about that. Well, this has been so much fun, Morgan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I do like to pray for my guests at the end of the episode. So if you'd allow me, I'd love to pray for you. Yes, yes I appreciate that. Awesome. All right. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Morgan and just the incredible calling you placed on her life to touch so many women. And honestly, I feel like you're she you you've even called her to touch men in some way whether it be through her writings about marriage in the future and romantic relationships in the future or even just through the women that you're helping her to grow that those women can now impact the men in their lives i thank you so much for her books and her experiences that you've you've taken her through and been able to to grow her um to be able to to help me and to help others i pray a, a significant financial blessing over her life as you've already been able to do for her and I pray that you will continue to bring her and Rusty closer along with her and her family and friends that are close to her as well mm -hmm. keep on um, inspiring her to to do the work that you've called her to do and I pray this in Jesus name amen amen thank you so much I truly appreciate that yeah, no problem. So guys, I will link the or Morgan's whole website in the show notes, but also links to um, Questions Christ and the Quarter Life Crisis and Blooming Bear. And then when the tears that taught me come out, that will also be linked as well. So thank you so much, Morgan. Thank Any you. final words? No, I, I, I hope to come back again whenever you um want to talk. This has been such a great experience. And I thank you for using your platform to encourage and empower other people, especially in their faith and in their healing. So you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs>